Hey everybody, welcome back to Challenge the Call podcast. I'm your host, Max. And I am Avery. How are you guys? Alright, so this is our official, unofficial Christmas episode as we are recording bright and early Saturday morning. Avery, how are you doing on this fine morning? Um, I'm sick. Merry Christmas. That's all. Bahamut. <laughs> I like I like the Christmas sweater. Really Thanks, showing man. off the spirit there. Yeah, you mentioned something. Oh, it's Christmas episode. I went straight to the bedroom and I'm like, I got the perfect thing. It's I was looking thing. around so hard for something green because green is just not really in my color palette. I don't own any Christmas sweaters or anything like that. I need to get one though. But as I was rummaging around my closet, I was like, oh, I got one green shirt. Good old Iowa strength and conditioning, baby. Make, nice. make an appearance on the pod. So threw on my central hat, my red flannel, and my green green Iowa shirt. So I'm ready to rock and roll. You look like a lumberjack. You know, <clears throat> I've gotten that before. <laughs> but hey, I love this flannel, too, because the back of it, actually. Like oh, a, nice. The whole yeah. Marvel thing. So. Uh, my mom got it for me somewhere down in Florida, so I, I love this flannel. Nice. Um, oh, if I sound funny today, <clears throat> I'm just gunked up, just to let you know. Well, you always sound a little funny, but it's not always your voice. <laughs> uh, Avery's waiting on some coffee right now, so he's working on waking up a little bit. I myself actually own a coffee maker, so I have it right in front of me. This baby's Max- also got a scoop of collagen and two pumps of peppermint syrup in it so i'm i'm all decked out for the holidays nice did you put a little vodka in there you got to work today well no, i actually i actually love i've only ever done this once because there's never a good opportunity but i've always wanted the whole coffee and baileys oh yeah just, you know baileys irish cream and stuff and i wanted to do that for so long but the opportunity just never really arises to drink coffee that late or drink alcohol that early. So I'm always just, I've never really gotten around to it, except for one time uh, I was with Mallory getting brunch somewhere in Greeley. And I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. Give me coffee and Bailey's. Nice. Yeah. No, but no I, this is, this is a non-alcoholic right now. Yeah. Unfortunately. I mean, it would be kind of weird if it's, it's six forty-five in the morning. Um, no, I mean, I've had it. I love Irish coffee, dude. Like that's one of like the best things I've, uh, I usually get it like I'm okay with having coffee like halfway through the day. Like, so if I'm going to a restaurant and they have it like two, three, I'm cool with that. But yeah, well, 645 is a little early. Yeah, probably not a time to be doing uh, doing any alcoholic beverages. But um, that's just because we need to be clear and focused for the awesome pod that we have for you guys here today. So we will go ahead and get started with that. First thing we have for you guys today, we're going to talk some basketball. Um, I officially did a little bit of basketball watching over the week. I watched Iowa, the men's team, play UMBC. Uh, Iowa won it 103-81. to that, that was a solid win for us. Um, the only thing I would say is you can definitely tell that they don't look as strong as they used to. Like, they didn't look bad, but also you have to remember they were playing UMBC. Not a very good team. So, right. Yeah, no, I I told you that like while a while back that Iowa just isn't the greatest this year, and it sucks. Like I don't even know if we're March Madness material to be honest this year. I'm um, not sure. And we're I floating, think, 
they're floating just above 500 right now. They're like six and five or seven and five now with this win. Yeah. Um, what was I just thinking on that though? Oh yeah. When I first turned this game on actually, cause I, I only watched about half of this game. They were actually down when I first turned this game on. And yeah, I was about to completely just, I was like, what? We're down to UMBC? What? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been a rough go at it this year, man. And hopefully we can figure something out, but I hope so. I will say two, two bright spots from what I saw. Uh, Tony Perkins obviously yeah. looks good. He was all over the floor. He's kind of like our main senior kind of guy right now. I know we have Patrick McCaffrey in there too, but just from the half I saw, I thought Perkins had a hell of a game. And then another bright spot as far as upcoming years would go is number two, Harding. He's a freshman. He actually looked really solid. Um, I, he was kind of like Perkins. He was all over the place a little bit. I didn't see him as so much of a shooter as he was more of just like he had a lot of assists. He made a lot of good shots. Like he took good shots. He wasn't like a stand outside the three and go. But I, I thought he looked like a solid player that, that could bring some good things to Iowa in the next few years. For sure. Yeah, Brock Harding. That's his name. Six foot. He's only six foot tall. That's crazy. Um, <clears throat> to be honest, man, I haven't watched much college basketball at all. Uh, if any, if I've watched any basketball this year, it's been the NBA. But uh, other than that, college basketball, ever since like Iowa lost to Creighton and I watched that game, and I was like, yeah, college basketball isn't for me this year. <laughs> Maybe it's just because of the NFL, but yeah, it's been a rough go at it. I'm sure I'll pick it up more again when the NFL is over. Uh, I did watch an NBA game now too, though, because I watched some of the Kings game against uh, the Celtics. So that was rough. But um, (laughs) while watching, I did learn a fun fact. Actually, I think I learned this during the Iowa game, not the Kings game. But um, fun fact, Keegan Murray in the Kings game against the Jazz, former Iowa great, he actually set a franchise record making 12 three-pointers in that game. Uh, that's crazy. Like Steph Curry was coming out and saying like, that, like that's impressive. Like that's good. Steph Curry's record is 13. So all-time NBA Keegan Murray actually ties for fifth behind Curry and a few other guys. That's awesome. Like Keegan Murray's doing big things in the NFL. Do you know how NBA. his brothers are – NBA. Do you know how his other brother is doing uh, this year? I don't. He's where he's with the Portland Trailblazers, right? Right. Yeah. And they're not doing too hot. I no. As a uh, team, so I yeah, they are 14th in the West right now. Yeah. Out of 15. I wonder how he's doing, like points per game. I mean, look. yeah, I don't know. I haven't I haven't followed Chris as much as I have Keegan. But speaking of the standings, uh, in the West since we're talking about the Kings and the Murray brothers and they're both in the West here, uh, the West, the Kings are currently standing at number four. The Nuggets are currently standing at number three, just one spot above them. Dude, the top three positions are from the Northwest division, which is Timberwolves, the Thunder and the Nuggets. Like that is the same exact three in order of the Northwest division. And they're the three leading in the conference right now too. That's wild. That's the team to be in the NBA right now. <clears throat> Chris Murray has 2.7 points per game, 1.8 rebounds, and a half of an assist. How many minutes? Does it get a lot of play play time? Is that does that show that stat? Because that's what I'd be curious to see. Like it doesn't last, sound like last 10, 18.7 minutes. 
points all year. Okay. 11.1. Not much. So not a ton of time, but some, you know, he's, he's playing a, a quarter. Yeah, and he's he's a rookie. Like that at the end of the day, that's what it is. He's a rookie because we saw Keegan Murray in the beginning of his career, like last year. He didn't do much until what, the playoffs? Close to the playoffs where he started to come on fire. Even then, I feel like there were back and forth games for him. Like there were right. games where he seemed like he was super productive and like contributing a ton, and then there were games where he seemed like he was just kind of on the floor. For sure. <clears throat> but yeah, and then Chris also got stuck on a really shitty team, Portland Trailblazers. They're rough. Um, but Which that's speak- the hard part. Yeah. Speaking of Portland Trailblazers and a former player for the Portland Trailblazers that's now on the Milwaukee Bucks, Damian Lillard, the Bucks are killing it right now, man. They're 21-7. and seven. We're leading first in the Central. No, you're not. Uh, you're in the central, okay. I yeah, was, in the central. I thought you were going to say east. I was like, yeah. ah, nope, Celtics, buddy. <laughs> Celtics, yeah, no, but... We're first in the central. Giannis is having one of his years. Uh, Dame has brought in so much to Milwaukee this year. So, like, we just – I think it's championship or bust. Like, you talk about these teams that have, like, the window open. Is the window open or the window closed? I think Milwaukee, this is – windows wide open. If you don't win this, like – you're looking at maybe Giannis leaves in a year or two. Like, like this is like a big time, like got to go out and win now. Definitely. They, they are sitting at number two in the East. So they're in obviously right now. Um, I won't go through all the other teams. Cause I don't really care. Celtics one bucks two in the East. So yeah, I, I like where things are standing right now. I, when the NBA gets rolling, once the NFL is over, I'm sure I'll pay a little more attention. I'll try to watch some more games and stuff. It's just I, I can only spend so much time on sports. And right now, NFL is kinda is kind of that time consumer. So Imagine Bucks, Kings, NBA championship. Oh, I'm waiting for it. Game seven. Oh, that I'm waiting for it. I called I called it last year, but the Kings lost interest after the Bucks lost right away. So, you know, that's <laughs> Look, that was a freak. That was a freak situation. Who we lost to what the 76ers in the first round? I don't even remember. It was bad. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was bad. <laughs> oh, but uh we'll we'll move away from basketball a little bit. I just thought I would throw some of that out, get you guys a little little basketball info there, but we'll move on into some sports news. Uh only one thing in the sports news today, though I feel like it's probably gonna take us a hot minute, is Florida is actually suing or Florida state, pardon me, is actually suing the ACC. Uh, they're trying to get out of their media rights contract. So they're trying to leave the conference, but they are contracted in because of this media rights thing until 2036. Yeah. That is crazy. That is over 10 years away. Um, And so basically their options are wait out their contract or pay half of a billion dollars that's billion with a b 500 million dollars to leave the conference right now so they're currently in a lawsuit trying to get out of the conference without having to pay all of that money um what are your thoughts on this whole situation i know you were reading up on it a little bit yeah so one florida state I understand where they are pissed off and they're trying to get out of the media rights. Media rights fucks up everything in college football. I, I hate to say that because that's why the Pac-12 folded, right? Like, because yeah. of media rights. Um, 
It's also and, why the Big Ten is the largest geographical conference like in college football right now. Right. Yeah, and it doesn't make sense. And uh, same with the SEC. That's why the Big Ten and the SEC are in a collision course of 16 teams or 32 teams in each conference at this point because they have the most money, and that's what happens. Your t- games are going to get televised more. It's it's ridiculous where college football is kind of going. Um, but the media rights with Florida State, dude, I just think at the end of the day, like, it's not fair. Like, and I don't think, like, Florida State should have to pay, to be honest, because they did get robbed. And six of those voting members, six out of the 12, were from the ACC. Tell me that, dude. Six. You should have been a shoe in with your own conference, six out of the 12 voters for the college football playoffs were ACC members. You should have been a shoe in in the playoffs. They didn't even support your own conference. That's fucked. Yeah, they were all that, about the money. That is rough. And so uh, the argument that Florida State is making as far as trying to get out of this media rights contract is that the conference, it's, it's relatively based off of that, that the conference is just like not seen as a strong conference and stuff like that. And their main thing they're pointing to is the addition of Cal and Stanford and SMU being brought in to the ACC. That's one of the things they're highlighting in that argument of like, you're deteriorating the conference, you're bringing in more teams, which is going to spread out the uh, pay that you're getting. Because right now the Big Ten and the SEC, they get almost, I think it was like 10 million more uh, from the conference per the media rights than the ACC schools do. And so that's the biggest thing they're pushing to is they're like, hey, Big Ten and SEC are getting 10 million more than us. You're bringing in three more, obviously not as talented teams. And that's just going to spread out like the money that we're supposed to be entitled. Like we want out of this shit. For sure. Well, and you were telling me about that. Um, They even use like Oregon State as an example. You want to because Yeah, because the uh, the counter argument to that was that the Pac-12 collapsed, right? Like Cal and Stanford have to go somewhere. The Pac-12 just absolutely imploded on itself. And then they were like, okay, yeah, they needed a home. You know who else needs a home? Number 22 ranked Oregon State. Why don't you make the conference stronger with Oregon State, not weaker with Stanford and Cal, who were both at the very bottom of the Pac-12 this year? So fair argument. Like I get why they're upset. And they're bringing in SMU too, who's not even a power five like school. So um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of with Florida State on this. I, I think the ACC is kind of fucked in just the regard. I think the whole system is fucked. You know, like it's all just we truly do have the Big Ten and the SEC. And that's the only thing that gets you anything by name. Like Clemson still sounds like a powerhouse school. Florida State is still a powerhouse school. And then you look at the rest of the ACC and I'm like, I, I don't know. Like there's some good teams, you know, Duke, like, Syracuse. Yeah, Duke, Syracuse. I mean, no, uh, North Carolina is not horrible. Yeah. Just, I don't know, dude. The conference is not, not thought of in the same light as the other two, as we can obviously see, because even when you look at the college football playoffs, there's four conferences in it right now, but there's really two because Washington is about to be the big 10 and Texas is about to be the SEC. Right. And that's where, in all reality, that's where college football wants to go. Like, if you truly look at it, they want two to three conferences, and that's it. Um, 
Let's talk about the landing spots. That's a possibility for Florida State. So right now, if they do get successfully out of this uh, uh, media rights with the ACC, um, I know I saw one thing that Florida, Florida State's better rival, does not want them in the SEC. No, which and is, the SEC more than likely, I would think, wouldn't accept them. Because what right. do they gain out of that? They have Florida. They have the state of Florida. So the mm-hmm. way the media rights work and stuff, the SEC broadcasts in Florida already. Bringing right. in Florida State doesn't necessarily bring anything in onto the table as far as revenue goes. Now, the one argument that was made in that regard is, okay, the Big Ten does not have a school in Florida. So if the Big Ten were to take them, then the Big Ten would have a school down in Florida that they would broadcast down there. They would get more revenue per media rights. But then the Big Ten would be in a really awkward situation with like 17 teams or something. Like they'd have just an insane amount of teams. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to see, like, to be honest, I really don't want to see Florida State in the Big Ten because then we're just going to this powerhouse versus powerhouse. If anything, I think the most logical and ideal spot for them is the Big 12. Because hear me out, Big 12, like we saw they got the acquisition of like what? Utah, Arizona State, and Colorado, right? And I Arizona. Mean, and Arizona. And I would say Utah and Arizona are probably the, and maybe Colorado, are the only three teams worth a grain of salt with getting those uh, teams in the Big 12, and they're losing Texas and Oklahoma. You bring in Florida State, that solidifies you up with the big boys. Like, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, like yeah, you're losing Texas and Oklahoma, but you just brought in Utah and Florida State, that's a good kind of like mixture there. Okay, yeah, I lost Texas, Oklahoma, but I got Florida State coming in. And that's going to help out a lot. And if you want the even, like you've mentioned on a prior podcast, you want just like even split through three to four conferences, this is the way to do it with Florida State going to the Big 12. And it has to happen. Like I'm a, I'm 100% on board with that. Uh, we already saw the Pac-12 kind of merged with the Big 12 as like the unofficial merger between the two. Pac-12 lost a few other schools to a few other conferences. But ultimately, I think the next step in that, when you're just looking at the sizes of all these conferences, is you need to low-key merge the ACC and the Big 12 as well. Give it a good, solid power three, and then you're not sitting as horribly off as you would with this awkward power four and a half situation, like whatever the fuck it is. But um, also the big thing that comes into this too is one of Florida State's biggest arguments right now is how they got gypped in the college football playoffs, all that, blah, 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 postseason revenue. But the college football playoffs are changing next year. They're going 12 teams. And so automatic bids are coming from all the conference champions. And so Florida State's trying to move into a more struggling conference or a more strugglesome conference where they would, in theory, have a lot harder time winning the conference compared to just staying in the ACC, automatically going to the playoffs because you're hoping to sweep the conference every year and all that sort of stuff. So is do you think with the playoff changing, the way they do things in the playoff changing, do you think it makes less sense for them to leave the conference now? I still think it, it makes sense. I feel like a lot of Florida State feels shifted, you know, like they feel like they uh, weren't respected. Like six voters is a lot. And so I think at the end of the day, 
sorry. Uh, um, I think at the end of the day that they're just bitter, and that's part of, part of the reason why they are leaving um, the SEC, or I mean the ACC. Sorry, my dogs are going crazy. <laughs> You're good. No, yeah, definitely. I think there's there is a good chunk of this that is just pure like bitterness. Like, hey, fuck you. I don't care. <laughs> I'm I'm out of this. And I mean, potentially, there's still going to be more money. And even if they do have a harder time getting into the college football playoffs, there's still more money in it, just per the media rights each season anyway. So, yeah, this is just there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in Florida State. Uh, do here. Let me ask you this. I know what you said you think is kind of like right or not with them leave. What do you think is most realistic to happen though? Like, do you think that this lawsuit gets approved and they're allowed to leave? Or do you think it's ultimately going to get shut down? Be like, you signed a contract, dude. Like you can't get out of it. I think they're going to meet in the middle. Like, I think uh, they're still going to probably have to pay like 250 million, but Florida state's this pissed off that they're going to pay that to get out. Um, it's not going to be half a billion dollars, but it's going to be, it's going to be a chunk of chains. And I think they will end up leaving uh, the ACC. And as soon as Florida state loses, uh, leaves the ACC, dude, you know, that's going to open the door. Like Miami's going to leave. Clemson's going to leave these other teams. They're going like, and they won't be staying because like, that's when it becomes like a dead team walking at that point. Okay. Um, you mentioned automatic bids. Right now, the Pac-2 has an automatic bid for next year's playoff. Are we going to see Oregon State and Washington State in the playoffs automatically? How does that work? They are assuming that the structure is going to be altered from five automatic bids to four automatic bids. Okay. Well, you know, how cool would it be? Like, two-team playoff. Like, see Oregon State or Washington (laughs) And here's here's the issue with that and the conference and whatnot, too, is like, yeah, we do have a Pac-2 conference at the moment. And they're obviously going to have to bring other schools in to fill those spots. You can't be Pac-2. Or those schools are going to have to go somewhere else. Uh, somewhere else being who knows where. Uh, maybe a General 5 conference. Maybe joining the Big 12 or the ACC or some shit like that. But uh, the, the issue I have with this, which is just hard because – I can't think of power five schools just casually going to a general five conference or like general five schools like SMU or something, just casually joining a power five conference and then being like, I'm a power five school. Look at me. Like obviously teams change in their skill levels. They move up and down, they get better and they get worse. But with that regard, these movements have nothing to do with that in my head, you know? So like, I I think I know we've talked a ton about this before. I think all of this might ultimately start leading to the promotion relegation system of like, hey, you're not doing well as a power five school. Therefore, like, goodbye. You don't deserve to be power five because you are in the SEC and get your shit kicked in every year. You know, I don't know. I mean, in a weird way, I still think like, I like I agree. I like I would love a relegation system in college football, right? But at the same time, like I still think like conferences should carry some weight. Like even if even if like you said like Pac two, if the Mountain West joins the Pac two, then is that really a non power five? Like is it? But like there's a lot of great teams in the um 
Mountain West. Like you're looking at Boise State, perennial like non. They should be a Power Five school. You're looking at San Diego State should be a Power Five school. Hawaii has one of the best offenses in uh, college football. You add those three teams, you get Stanford and Cal back. You're at seven teams. It would only be diluting the conference by three, and that's the way I look at it. And so, sure. and with a promotion relegation system, guess what? A long time of those those te- a long time ago. Those teams would have already been in the Power Five because they would oh, have been promoted, they would have been successfully there, and they would have earned what they deserve. Right, but you can't say they didn't earn it already. Just I'm by the sure. long tradition. That's, that's and not the argument I'm making, though. Right. No, I'm just saying, like that's. I'm just saying, even if like relegation and something doesn't happen, I still don't think necessarily the pack because at what that point it would be the pack seven. And if you, if they somehow got Stanford and Cal back, there's pack nine. Like that's not, that's not a bad system. That's not bad at all. I don't necessarily think so. I don't know. That's just kind of where I'm the, the thing, the thing that's diluting or whatever about that is you're not switching anything out. You're bringing more teams into the power, like the power conferences, so, like, yeah. you're adding a bunch of good – who arguably deserve to be there. There's also a lot of schools that are in Power 5 conferences right now that I would argue do not deserve to be there. And, you know, what? I, like, if they were promoted and relegated, there would be the number of teams that there would be. Like, there would be your power schools. There would be your non-power schools. But if we can just pull teams in and out and change those numbers and whatnot, like, what are we doing? Why are we not just having, like, this is college football? compared to oh you're in a power conference oh but you're not eh but you should be they shouldn't be whatever blah 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 like can we really say that there exists these power conferences if they're just kind of like picked and chunked and moved around and whatnot that i i want to see the best teams in the best conferences and i think the only way to do that year in and year out over the decades is move them move them based on how they do not just like Hey, we want to go over there. Should we let them in? Yeah, sure. Let's let them in. Like move them based on performance. You know why it will never happen? Why? Because the media rights. The yeah. media rights own college football. It all goes back to the media rights. College, people that uh, support college football and like uh, that run college football, like college football commissioner, they're as corrupt as it comes. I hate to say it, but especially di- at the division one level, they're as corrupt as they come. Because to be honest, why did it take so long for NIL to happen? Yeah, you could say NIL has kind of ruined college football in a way but it's also paying players and they play that's a full-time job in college like for these college athletes that's a full-time job took until 2021 for nil to hit transfer portal you have to set out a full year now you can play right away like i just think college football the people that run college football are as corrupt as they come and that's part of the reason and that's why we'll never get a relegation and that's also why the big 10 and the sec are going to be the only two conferences worth a grain of salt within the next 10 years the only way that there could foreseeably be the relegation promotion system all this jazz whatever would be if it turned into more of the nfl structure where the nfl actually owns all of the teams playing in the nfl compared to the NCAA as a governing body, but the schools 
are the schools. They are individual organizations. They are not a part of a larger NCAA organization. They're just governed by the NCAA. So the mm -hmm. one way that we would get this system is if the NCAA and or just like some other body would um, technically own or whatever all of the college football teams under an overarching structure. And then that way, the money that they bring in, it doesn't matter if it's Big Ten or SEC or ACC or any of that. The money they bring in is just the money that they bring in. And they pay out the teams to be in this structure. You know, I don't hate that, to be honest. Like, I, I think that could work. That really could work. And then it, remove, it removes the media rights issue. Yeah, it removes the media rights issue. And in a way, like, are they, they're not technically college athletes at that point, right? Like, they, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure how exactly that would, they would have to be, right? Because the school and this body couldn't, like, both right have rights to these like yeah so i don't know if necessarily they're college athletes there's and i'm i mean we see it more in the nba than college like football or like uh but there's a lot of athletes that don't go to college like a lot of athletes that don't have the grades to make it into these colleges and if you remove like the whole school aspect from it and make it just like a governing like issue there like I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, I mean, there, it, it could be, there are bad stipulations with it, but at the end of the day, I don't necessarily think, I think you're on like a good track with it. I don't necessarily want to remove the educational part of like this though, you know, right. because you don't, you don't want thousands of some college athletes now having to decide between well, do I get a degree or do I go try to make my shot on like the Iowa Hawkeyes team? You know, because how many guys graduate and don't go to the NFL? How many graduate and use their degrees that they've earned to go do something? So I think the way you would have to do it is maybe you don't have to make it mandatory to go to school or take classes and all that to be a part of these programs. But I think as far as if you're going to be a scholarship player in one of these programs, they still pay your tuition. They're still affiliated with a school. You still like go take classes. You're still a student athlete. It's yeah. just more of, it'd be almost more of doing like a club type thing on top of school as compared to like doing it through the true school itself. Didn't you say that's kind of what they do over in Europe anyways with like college yeah, in, sports? In Europe, they don't, they don't per se have like college sports. It's like you're in a club, but the club, like I played in Banger in Wales, Banger University, and it wasn't like the school's team. It was just a club, but we were still like the Banger Bulldogs. Like we were still, you know, like it was everyone in the school who wanted to play that is like you show up and play. Can you tell me about that? Just go ahead. Tell me about being a Banger Bulldog. Uh, it was a good time. Uh, they are not as skilled at football over there, you know, less, yeah. less interest, less people kind of like trying to be awesome football players, whatnot, per se, whatever. Um, that being said, me and a few of my friends who were abroad at the time uh, kind of dominated the team a little bit. <laughs> like, yeah. like my one friend eventually moved to quarterback. He was super awesome. I was a receiver. I was pretty good. Um, and then one of our other guys was a linebacker and he was just like eating it up. So, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a good experience. They, they only practiced a couple times a week 
they did like one practice that was like your typical like pro gear, like no tackling, just kind of going hard with the shoulder pads on and whatever. And then they did one day that was full pads, like full on tackle and all that stuff. But uh, practice twice a week, have a game once a week. Um, it's different than what I'm talking about doing with this because this right. would be much more professional daily practice required, whatever. Over there, to say it was a club, I don't necessarily mean like like club volleyball is here, whatever, you know, where it's like super organized and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was a club almost more like like the students were the ones who were like, do you guys want to make a football team? Like, yeah, let's do it. You know what I mean? That's fair. And uh, so did you guys like have an actual head coach, stuff like that? Or is it like no. player run? Player run. Nice. So- I mean, there were – I think there was like a couple of coaches – but I think I forget if they were like grad students there or if they were like affiliated with the school, maybe like a teacher at the school. There were like a couple of coaches, um, but I think I'm not sure who they were, but every club needs like an adult sponsor and stuff, you know, like to be a club. So I'm sure the right. coach was just like the one that sponsored the club and stuff like that. Okay. That's kind of cool though. I'm not going to lie. Just, oh, it was awesome. It was sick. I loved it. <laughs> how many games did you play? Uh, there weren't a ton. It was like, how many did we end up playing? Three or four, maybe? That's not bad. That's pretty it good. was the spring, too. Like, this is year-round. You know, like, Were you undefeated? No. I don't think so. Okay. It was also, what, like four years ago at this point? Yeah. 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 Like four or five years ago. Yeah. Damn, you're old. <laughs> you're old. Um, no, oh, I can't. I <laughs> um, no, I I think um, if college football did kind of like remove it from that aspect, like it could be good, but there could be some beneficial spots. But at the same time, like it'll never happen. The media rights are too powerful. Well, in never say never. It might not happen in our lifetimes, but well, never say never. It might. Yeah, that that's fair. But like, yeah, it might not happen in our lifetime so well moving on from that fun stuff uh we'll get we'll move on into the nfl a little bit here where we do have an overall uh body just speaking of that by the way just one thing i do have to mention with the nfl with the way it is run and the way the nfl actually owns all the teams and blah blah blah, they're an entertainment business yeah and uh similar to the wwe technically if they can say what goes I'm not saying games are scripted, but theoretically, it's not it's not illegal for them to do so. I do you think the NFL is scripted? Let's I have go no on a little idea. bit of a tangent. I have um, no idea. Because like I, some some stuff definitely seems kind of like a dude, really. I, I don't think you can get that specific though with it. Because yeah, they're super talented, skilled athletes and whatnot or whatever, but still you're going to drop some balls. You know what okay. I mean? Like if you, if you script like, Hey, you're going to make this crazy absolute insane catch, like on this, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's like, can he though? Cause he still has to catch the ball. It still has to be thrown to him. Like it's still, you know what I mean? So this is where I think it could be scripted in a way. Um, there's three or four play, uh, three or four plays in each game that can affect a game uh, that it can affect. And sometimes they're influenced by a ref. And sometimes they're influenced by a major drop when someone's wide open, like a Robert Tunyon. Um, there's three or four plays in each game 
that can be influenced. And when you lose heartbreak after heartbreak, it wonders is the NFL rigged for something bigger. And I don't know, the way, dude. The way you're explaining this right now sounds to me like you're just trying to find a rationale for why the Bears suck. <laughs> like that is your like you just said heartbreak after heartbreak. You got to think, is it scripted? Like you nah, you're just trying to explain why the Bears are bad. But no, at the same time, I do think like in a way, like the ref though, the ref situation, like there are three or four bad calls a game in every single NFL game. That no, I'm with you. I'm with you. There, there are definitely the key defining moments where you're kind of like, like what? <laughs> or to like the offsides with the Chiefs, you know? Yeah. Like, like okay, how many times you line up as a receiver? Like you check with the ref every time and whatnot and stuff too, you know? Like you don't just point off to the side because you're like, hey, look what I'm about to do. No, that's them yeah. checking in with the refs. Like, am I good? The ref set doesn't say anything or doesn't like, you know, tell you to back up. Can you really get flagged for that? Yeah, no, I and that's kind of I was gonna bring up the Kadarius Tony offsides. Like, I mean, that was a game deciding game, play right there. Like, that was like the Chiefs would have won that game. Like, if that would have happened, but the refs called it back. I'm not saying the refs were wrong; they were totally right. That was offsides. But at the same time, like, yeah, you do check with the refs every single time. You put your arm out and you're like, "Hey, am I good?" Every single time as a wide receiver. So, like, now, I let me just, ask you this then, because this this and this brings up a question in my head. If it is scripted or if games are decided based on winner and stuff, like maybe there's not like a script script, but maybe they say like, like this team is going to win this game. They like mm-hmm. don't necessarily go into details on that, but they just say, Hey, here's what's going needs to happen. Do the players know, do the coaches know, or do the refs control it all? I think the refs control it all. I, so I don't think anybody else know like coach or player. You think it's solely refs that are like, Hey, you guys, here's what you need to make sure happens, however it happens. Because that's that's even harder to control because the coaches well, and the players are still trying to win. Now it's on you as the refs to like, hey, we, we got we to gotta be looking for some real specific shit, you know? Well, and I think the reason it's uh, mostly the refs is because at the end of the day, I think the NFL says, hey, it would be nice if this team won. It would be nice if this team won. Like, so the refs, if you look, like, to be honest, like, during the Bears game, Bears-Browns, right? I'm just – and I'm not even going to say we lost that game. But Roger Goodell was at that game. I don't know if you saw it. They showed Roger Goodell uh, up in the stands. Uh, Roger Goodell was up at that game, and I think the Bears were supposed to win that game. I'm not going to lie. Like, I truly think the Bears were supposed to win that game in the eyes of the NFL because in the first three quarters, it was penalty after penalty on, after penalty on the Browns. Like, I think the Browns had like 275 yards of penalty yards against the Bears, and the Bears had like 25 yards all together, and the Bears still lost. But I think – like the Bears were supposed to win that game. The, the Browns, in fairness, are also the fourth most penalized team in the NFL. That's a lot. So, yeah. like, yeah, you we're seeing like penalty after flag after flag after flat, but also like, yeah, that kind of tracks with the Browns record right now. Like they are the most and at the time, I don't even know if that was fourth. Like, I think that was high because I think I remember them saying something like all oh, the Browns are like the second most penalized team in the NFL. So like, I'm pretty sure that's just kind of normal for the Browns. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, but at the same time, I don't know. 
I do think, like, in a way, and I also think maybe some major players are involved. Like, like I don't know, like Tom Brady, Rob. Matt Ryan, like, you know, 28 to 3. Like, that's a big comeback to lose in the Super Bowl. Uh, Rodgers being out for the whole year. Like, I mean, yeah, we saw him t- tear his Achilles. But at the same time, like, I don't know, man. Like, sometimes you got to wonder. As a football fan, you got to wonder. You got to wonder because it would take the whole integrity out of the game if it is. For sure. And that that raises my last question. I was just going to move on, but now I have to absolutely ask you this. Um, It does. But for the sake of, like, entertainment and football and whatnot, if it is all scripted, do we throw it out the window? Or do we still enjoy watching football? Well, to be honest, I don't enjoy watching football right now. I'm not <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> I hate it. I, I just, I hate it. Like, I'll watch the Bears game and they'll lose. And I'm like, well, it's enough football for me for the week. <laughs> and so, like, to be honest, I, I, I lost my enjoyment of football. So, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's I'm, great. I'm so, in a really dark place with football right now. Let's just be yeah. Understood. <laughs> my thoughts, my thoughts on it are almost like you're watching a show. You know, like I still watch plenty of TV. I still love watching movies and stuff. So like, even if everything the outcome is decided before the game happens, mm-hmm. I'm still probably enjoying the game quite a bit. Watching, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't love. I don't love it if that's the case, you know, I'd rather see just like, Hey, two teams play because I think it does, it does take a little bit away from that excitement factor. Like, Oh my God, the bears won the super bowl. Like, cool. They got decided to win the super. Like that's something about that's less exciting than like, no, we are the best. Like we won. But at the same time, I don't know. As far as just like consuming football goes, I don't think I would stop consuming football just because I knew, the outcomes were like picked. That's fair. And as you just said, like the Bears winning the Super Bowl, that's when we know the NFL is rigged. When the Bears <laughs> win the Super Bowl, uh, because that's maybe, maybe, <laughs> if we, maybe if we ever find out that things are rigged, maybe we could pay somebody off and uh, help that out. Or maybe we just watch college football and call it a day. Maybe we turn into an entirely college football podcast. Sometimes I feel like college football is rigged too. Like nowadays. <laughs> In a way, yeah. Like it's, Minnesota, way, it's, here's, the, here's the difference, though. Here's the difference. It's a. It would be illegal in college football. Not, I'm not saying that makes it any less likely per se, but the whole fact, the whole point we even started talking about this is it is legal to do in the NFL. Like NFL. the way the NFL is set up and structured with the NFL owning all the teams and whatnot, blah blah blah. Like that is allowed. Like that is like they are an entertainment business with college football. It's not. It is individuals competing under a governing body of the NCAA. So if there was rigging going on there, it would be illegal to do so. They are not in the entertainment business. They are individual organizations playing against each other. So that's the difference there. For sure. One more thing about the NFL rig. I remember last year, like a lot of NFL players when like, I forgot who it was. I think it was like Benny Cunningham came out and said the NFL's rigged. It's all scripted, blah, blah, blah. And then like all these NFL players were like, 
Arian Foster, like he played for the Texans. He's a running back, career ending injury. He's like, I would have never stepped out on that field if I knew the NFL was rigged. Or like, just like, it's it's funny. Like Alvin Kamara, when they handed me the script for our season during camp and I almost walked out of the facility. <laughs> and that, so NFL players were having fun with it too. Oh yeah, um, I would. I would make all kinds of jokes about it. But the right. thing is, if the players don't know, then like, shit, they, they don't know. They don't know what the right. refs are doing. <laughs> but- Anyway, getting into this playoff picture that we got going on here, things have switched up a little bit since we were last on. Uh, currently, in the number one spots, we've got the Raven and the 49ers. I don't know. One second. Let me look something up. I want to see if they are locked in or if there's still movement there. Or No, I, I know that those two are. But no, uh, There's still movement for number one. Well, sure, sure. But, like, they're locked in like they are going to the playoffs. Along right. with the Cowboys and the Eagles, they're – for sure going to the playoffs. Um, everybody else is actually not 100% certain. Everybody else still has a chance that they could drop it and or get in it. Or not get in it because they're eliminated teams. But anyway, right. Dolphins, Chiefs, Jags winning the divisions. Browns, Bengals, Colts as the wild cards. In the NFC, Cowboys, Lions, Tampa Bay still winning their divisions. Uh, Eagles, Rams, Vikings as the wild cards. And the Bears are not truly eliminated yet. Teams that could <laughs> teams that could potentially be eliminated this week are the Bears, the Raiders, and the Chargers. Those three teams are facing the threat of elimination should they lose a game this week. Also, the Lions could clinch the NFC North for the first time since hold on a long time ago. Lions have never even won a Super Bowl, have they? No. They've even been? No. Since 1993, this is the first time the Lions will clinch the NFC North. In our uh, lifetime. In our lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's old. That's 33 years. Right? Yeah. 30 or 30 years. 30 years. Yeah. Um, the Lions have not won the NFC North in 30 years, and this is the first time. And that is crazy. On the brink. They got to win this weekend and they clinch. Well, let's try to determine if they do so. Let's go through these games. All First right. up on our sl- – oh, real quick before we go through these games, we already had the Rams and the Saints play. The Rams won it 30-22. to 22. Um, That score to me doesn't seem indicative of how the game was. I feel like the Rams absolutely dominated. So uh, – Backdoor cover. Yeah. Um, yeah. What the fuck is up with Derek Carr? Like he looks terrible, no dude. He fell off. I don't know. Now I feel bad for him, but it, yeah, it, it did not look pretty at all. But um, <laughs> Rams came and balled out. Yep. Can't think of the McVeigh. McVeigh? No, no, or, no, no. Quarterback. Matt Stafford. Matt okay. Stafford. Yeah, I thought Stafford. Uh, Stafford being back with Cooper Cup is going to be obviously a dynamic threat. Um, they they could potentially turn in from kind of a what the fuck is going on this season to a threat in the playoffs later on. So watch out for that. <laughs> Which look at that um, playoff uh, matchup. Number three at the Lions, the Lions <laughs> versus number six Rams. NFL scripted, right? <clears throat> Matt Stafford <laughs> returning to Detroit to play the oh, Lions. Oh shit! Yeah. Playoffs. That, that was going right over my head. I was oh. kind of like, okay, yeah, playing the Lions. Cool. <laughs> Detroit, playoffs. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Jared Goff, back to You're the Rams. Right. That's crazy. 
Well, we'll see if it happens because first we got to get there. But next game that is coming up, Bengals, Steelers. Bengals all day. Well, okay. So Bengals, but the Steelers are playing Mason Rudolph on Christmas Day. Exactly. Bengals all day. (laughs) Mason Rudolph, Santa Claus, Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. That's what we're rolling with. That's what we're rolling with with his name. Okay, like Mason Rudolph, so Mitch got benched. Um, but, dude, Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. Ooh. Never had a losing season ever in his Ooh. coaching career. And I don't think it happens. Like This is like a must-win game for Pittsburgh for them to, like, Mike Tomlin not to have a losing season. Okay. I'm just saying. Okay. I'm with you. And um, Rudolph, Mason Rudolph, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Santa Claus, <laughs> Christmas Day, it just – Destiny. <laughs> now nah, I'm gonna stick with the Bengals. I I can't. I, I, you 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 go Steelers all you want, but I just I don't know. I Mason Rudolph popping in. There, that's third string quarterback technically to them that they're rolling with. I I don't see it happening. All right, I'm gonna pick Steelers. We'll see what my playoff looks like with yours. I'll pick Bengals, <laughs> and we'll see where we go from there. Like we're gonna try to. We're going to try to give two different pictures here. We're going to give some varying opinions, and we're going to see what changes based on us changing which team wins and loses. How about that? That works. All right, so Bengals or Bills, Chargers. Uh, Bills. All right, you, like, you go first this time. All right, the Bills, they're on a hot streak. Uh, Josh Allen looks good. Chargers, they're starting Easton Stick again. Still haven't given Max Duggan a shot. So I'm going Bills. I like. I think this is a Bills game. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Bills take it, um, mostly because I want to see the Bills absolutely kill, and I want to see Max Duggan get in that game. Me too. Or maybe Me not too. that. Maybe not that game per se. But like the next game. Yeah, yeah. Like I want to see Max Duggan playing for the Chargers. For that to happen, Bills need to take this one. All right, you go first on this next one. All right, we got Colts and the Falcons. Oh boy, this is. Uh, I'm not sure here. One second, let me look at a little. Little Macaroni here. Uh, eight and six, six and four, three and four. This is playing at the Falcons. They're much better at home than they are on the road. Colts are also surprisingly strong on the road, though. That's weird. Uh, let me fuck around and get the Falcons. All right, I'm going to go with Colts. Like uh, Shane Steichen has done a great job this year as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Anthony Richardson went down week two, like literally week two, and they've been starting Gardner Minshew all year, and Gardner has been playing incredible football for being a – Iowa State guy, right? No, Gardner – he's or, Washington Washington State guy. Washington uh, State. Yeah, but Gardner Minshew, he uh, – He's looked good, man. He uh, was a Jaguar. Um, he, he started yep. for the Jaguars prior to Trevor Lawrence. But that's, I like that's what I remember him from. Who who was on that team that was from Iowa State then? I swear there was like, for some reason, that Jaguars team makes me think of Iowa State. I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyways. Uh, the next game, uh, Packers, Panthers. Um I just think it's going to be the Packers. It's going to be a bounce back. Uh, I don't think the Packers. It would be great if the Packers lost to the Panthers. It would ben- It would suck, but it would benefit us. Like We would probably lose out on the number one pick at that point. But at the same time, we said we don't want the number one pick. So That is true. Now, the Packers are 2-5 uh, and five on the road. And this is going to be played 
in Carolina. <laughs> Are you gonna pick the Panthers? I, <laughs> go ahead. I yeah, I'm picking the Packers. Unfortunately, it, it does say the Panthers have the number three <laughs> defense right now. Um, thirtieth offense, but <laughs> number three defense. Um, no, yeah, I I don't think the Packers can respectfully lose this game whatsoever. I I think Jordan Love probably finds a way. Yeah, I agree. Oh, you got this next game. Let's do it. Browns, Houston. Ooh, is Stroud back? I don't know. Let me look. Even if Stroud's not back, the Browns with that number one defense, Stroud is still a rookie. He's been very, very good and successful, but he is still a little young, still, you know, getting his beak a little wet. He's he's out. He's out? Okay. So who's the backup? Case Keenum. Which Case they won Ooh. they won last week. I mean Case yeah. Keenum's a good backup quarterback. And, and uh, that changes that changes the whole premise of what I was saying too. Like Case Keenum is not a young rookie kind of guy. Like he has been around. He has been in the NFL. He's been to the playoffs. Like Yeah. So that yeah. that number one defense, I would argue, is going to affect him less than it would Stroud. But fuck, let me go. Hot. I Let like, me go favorite. I'm going to go favorite, and I'm going to take Cleveland. That's what I was going to say. Cleveland's hot right now. Uh, that team is rallying behind Joe Flacco. Like, and Joe Flacco, like, yeah, he had three turnovers against the Bears, but he also threw 374 yards and three TDs. So, like, he's just slinging it in that defense. They're like, Joe, you can go make mistakes. We got your back. And that's what you want at, out of your quarterback at this stage of the NFL season. So I think the Browns are like actually a team to watch right now. Probably. They really are. Next All up, right. we got Lions Vikings. What do you think? Detroit. I think Detroit. Uh, Minnesota is a dumpster fire right now. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, they, yeah, they won, but they lost to Cincinnati uh, last week, but they beat the Raiders. But like the quarterback uh, position. They have nothing. Vikings Vikings are back and forth. They're streaky. They're just – I don't know what's going on in there. Uh, the Lions are consistent. They are just coming back after a rough loss two or three weeks ago, um, and they've looked pretty damn hot ever since, so I don't think they're they're letting that fall up again. So they're, they're going to be on this. Commanders and Jets. No one cares. Oh, boy. <laughs> no um, one cares. Uh, but uh, – yeah, but we got to pick somebody here. So what? Let's see. We're playing at the Jets. Uh, Commanders still, actually have a better record on the road than they do at home. Um, let's say tie twenty-five to twenty-five. Tie. Nah, we can't no. tie. I am gonna take. Who is the quarterback for the Commanders? This is, by the way, Sam just Howell. so we. Who? Sam Howell. Sam Howell. Okay. Oh yeah, I knew that. By the way, this is this is similar to our like Iowa Michigan matchup, or no, our theoretical Iowa Colorado matchup here. We have the thirty second ranked defense going against the thirty second ranked offense here. Okay, um, I like that. And then the seventh ranked defense versus the sixteenth ranked offense. So on that regard, fuck it, give me the Jets. I'm taking the Commanders. Yes. Yeah. I was going to recommend you do that. Just to, I'm take, you know, let's, let's I'm change something. I think Sam Howell is going to have a good game. I think the Jets defense is the Jets. I mean, the Jets defense is good. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. But it is uh, also notoriously hard for a defense to have a really good game when the offense isn't giving them a chance to rest. So, uh, 
That's fair. I mean, we watch that every Saturday. So, <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, give me the commanders. Let's do All it. Right. Seahawks versus Tennessee. What do you think? I got Titans. Uh, they won. Uh, I think this is kind of like one of those bounce back games for Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel is too good of a coach to have like a really bad losing record. Like they're five and nine right now, but I think they finished the year probably seven and 10. Like, I don't think they're like a five and 12 team. I think the Titans win this game. Titans are ranked a little higher, uh, a lot higher defensively, not technically higher offensively, but the offense ranks higher than the Seahawks defense. Regardless, the or, or ooh, actually, oh man, this is so it's at it's at Titans, and the Seahawks are two and five on the road uh, compared to five and two at home, ooh. which is tough. But. Just to see some opposing views and all that jazz, whatever. I'm a I'm a click on Seahawks. I I liked the way they looked against the Eagles. I think they're they're making a little bit of a streak in their own. And like you said, they're in fighting territory. Like they're is on the number Gino seven. Back? Was he? No, I don't know if he is this week or not. I'm not 100 percent sure. But regardless, I, I'm a take them. They looked hot. They beat the Eagles without him. So I mean, whether he's back or not, like I I think there's credit due there to drew lock to maybe go in and get the job done okay they're they're in a fighting position you know like they're they're right on the edge of that playoffs they absolutely need this if they are going to like hold on to their spot and make it in i i think there's there's more reason to fight for them yep all right jags tampa bay florida Um, florida bowl oh this is this one's tough one second let me look at uh let me look at their matchups here. So I think my personal opinion, I think the Bucks they beat Green Bay last week. They looked fantastic. I think this is a fall-back-to-earth type game for Tampa Bay. Um, I think Jacksonville pulls this one out. They might I do too. The six for the year. I do too, and I'm going to give you one big reason. Jacksonville is 5-1 and one on the road, and they're going to be playing in Tampa Bay. Is it really on the road when it's only two hours apart? (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking that myself. I'm like, "Ah." but yes, I'm going to consider that still on the road. Um, Not to mention they just, they rank higher. Their defense is only one spot below Tampa Bay's. Their offense is 11 spots above them. I I think Jags have a pretty good shot with this. Yeah. Cardinals, Bears, take it. Cardinals. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Chicago. Chicago. I think uh, the record doesn't show who the Chicago Bears are. Um, and I think we destroy the Cardinals. Like, I, I mean, like, I don't know destroy, but necessarily I think we beat the Cardinals pretty handily. I, there's no way we don't beat the Cardinals. We, we rank higher offensively and defensively. Like, yeah. actually both. Like, we actually do better than the Cardinals in both. They're one and six on the road, which, I mean – they have three wins, so with that, yeah. of course. But, but I don't know. I I think for sanity purposes, we we have to pick Chicago in this. We can't not pick Chicago in this, right? Yeah. All, right. All right. Dallas, Miami. Um, Tyreek Hill is going to be back, I believe. I I'm pretty sure I heard Tyreek Hill is officially back. This is being played at Miami. Uh, Cowboys are three and four on the road. Um, I've been hearing 
this is like a storylines matchup right now because Cowboys headline is that Cowboys can't can't play on the road or can't win on the road. Miami's headline is that Miami hasn't played anybody yet. Um, playing the Cowboys is going to be playing somebody, but the Cowboys are on the road. So like who's, whose headline is going to rain out stronger is the big question. Personally, I think I like Miami. I like, I like uh, McDaniels as a head coach. I think this is truly going to come down to kind of, kind of a coaching type win. And I mean, with Tyree Hill back, they've got Hill, Waddle, uh, Mostert's doing good. The running back. I, I think, I think Tua wants to lock this one up. Well, you chose Miami. I'm choosing Dallas. I think Dallas comes out. Um, Dak looks good. The run game is solidified. CD Lamb, and I think Dallas takes it, man. Like I think Mike McCarthy, he brings his like tradition and like history of being a head coach into this game, and like experience over innovator. Like we talked about it last week, experience over innovator. I'm taking experience in this game. Uh, both ten and four. I also like, but both similar storylines this year. One in the AFC, one in the a- NFC. Dolphins haven't really played anybody. Has the Cowboys really beat a contender or can they play on the road? Like, you know, and I think I think Dallas goes out and shows everybody, hey, we can play on the road. Like we we can beat Miami. And I think Dallas moves to eleven and four. All right. Next up, Broncos versus Patriots. Thoughts. To be honest, I know you're gonna hate me, but I think the Patriots. Uh okay, and hear me out. Bill Belichick, he's not fighting for his job, but it's still Bill Belichick, and he's going to try everything in his power to play Scrooge this year for every single team. Bill Belichick, the Patriots' upcoming schedule is funny because it is all playoff teams, and he could ruin a lot of shit for a lot of playoff teams at the end of the year. So they play the Broncos this week. Next week they play the Bills and then they play the Steelers. So, like, three teams right there that could be, like, they could ruin everything. Um, I do think, I think, I I mean, if if the Patriots win, it's not going to be a, like, it's not going to be by a blowout, but it's going to be a real close game. I, I got this weird feeling that I like the Patriots in this one. I feel like I have to take the Broncos. Like, there's just... Like, I can't not take the Broncos. Patriots do have a much higher ranking defense. Broncos aren't the strongest. Offense, we're only a couple places behind. Um, this game is happening in Denver. Pats are two and four on the road. Uh, Denver's four and three at home. So slightly better odds at that matchup. But I don't know. I think I think Russell Wilson is kind of starting to figure his shit out a little bit. I think the Den- the Broncos have been looking fairly good. They've still lost a couple recently, but they're they're playing decent football now. Patriots, I would argue, are not playing the greatest football right now. They cannot even figure out what to do in the quarterback room as far as who to start and who to finish. You want to talk about starting and relievers. How many times have we seen a Mac Jones start with a Billy Zappi or Bailey Zappi really? like relieve right yeah. now? So um yeah, give me the Broncos. Fucking Broncos country. Let's ride. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next game. Raiders chiefs. Um, All right. This seems like a no brainer. I don't know. Gotta say chiefs like the Raiders. I don't know. They are coming off of a huge fucking win. 63 point win. Yep. Yep. So, so 
Like they're rolling hot, but they're also one in five on the road playing the Chiefs. Um, That's fair. And it is still the Chiefs. Yeah. So um, I think you got to say Chiefs. Yeah, I'm. I mean, it's a no-brainer. It's the Chiefs. In the next game, I think it's a no-brainer. Also, Giants, Eagles. Yeah, definitely really Giants. Think. How how do the Giants not win this game? Okay, I think no, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but this next game I want to talk about. This is a potential Super Bowl matchup right here, is the Baltimore Ravens versus the San Francisco 49ers, both eleven and three. And this late in the season, this is a must-watch game. I'm really excited for it. I think this could be like this could be the Super Bowl. Um, I have not watched any Ravens. The Ravens look great this year. Like yeah, Lamar Jackson I... is on fire. Odell Beckham's coming into his own. Roquan Smith on the defensive side. Sad, uh, but like the the defense for the Ravens look amazing. Um, but so does the 49ers. Like, the 49ers look great, too. So, like, Brock Purdy's managing the game well. I don't know if you could even say managing the game. And it's also funny because, like, there's two front runners right now for the MVP race. Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Head-to-head. Right now, let's see who's got what. And whoever wins this game could be the potential MVP this year. Catch more of that in our next episode. Yeah. What's your pick? Ooh, 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 I got Ravens. Thank I think God. whoever I, I got Ravens. I, I love the 49ers. Don't get me wrong, but I think I got the Ravens. I, I think I, Ravens this one off. For sake of uh, duality and switching things up, I'm gonna take the 49ers, which I was hoping you would take the Ravens because I I love the 49ers. I do really enjoy watching them play. Obviously, they got George Kittle, Iowa guy. They got Brock Purdy, Iowa State. I I just I love those ties, and I love the storyline of Purdy being Mister Irrelevant and coming in and just dominating in the NFL. Yeah, he has a great team. He has a bunch of studs around him that make him look good. But at the same time, like, don't sleep on what Purdy can fucking do. You know, like, you could throw a lot of guys in with that kind of talent and they still aren't going to be able to produce quite the same as Purdy's been doing for the 49ers. I do really like the 49ers. And so I'm going to take the Niners in this one. See, I like both teams, but I want to say one more statistic about the Ravens, why I think. Lamar Jackson against NFC teams is 17 and one against teams in the NFC since coming into the league is 17 and one. That's a lot. Like, I mean, that's a, that's a good sample size. He's won a lot. And you know why, you know why it's probably that high is because teams are still trying to figure out Lamar Jackson in the NFC because they don't play him all the time. Like Lamar Jackson is a unicorn of a quarterback. He's got so much speed. He's mobile. He's got a cannon of an arm. He's accurate. He's everything you would want in an NFL quarterback. Right. I think I think that's why. Uh, but, no, I, that, I, I love the Ravens. That is fair. That is fair. Uh, I, I still like the Niners. I, I think they're golden. I think they're I think they're going to the Super Bowl. I don't know. That's yeah. I, well, I think the Ravens. I, like I think this is this, this, this might be yeah. This this might be the matchup. But we will find out here soon to come. Uh, so real quick, you want to read through your starting with your AFC going into your NFC. Read read what your playoff looks like after your picks. Yeah. So uh, AFC number one seed is Baltimore Ravens. Kansas City Chiefs is the number two seed. Number three is the Miami Dolphins. Number four is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, the number five playing the Jaguars is the Cleveland Browns. 
Number six is the Indianapolis Colts playing the Miami Dolphins. And number seven is the Buffalo Bills playing Kansas City Chiefs. Right. Mine NFC. is, I'm going to change how I did I'm going to do my right. AFC now and then we'll do NFC. Just so there's less time of remembering what was there. <clears throat> but for, sure. for, for mine, it looks like Ravens, number one, at the top. Number two, Dolphins. Number Ooh. three, Chiefs. Number four, Jaguars. Number five, Browns. Number six, Bengals. And number seven, Bills. Ooh, so the Colts are out, and then we switch two and three. We switch okay. two and three, and the Colts are out in mine. Yep. And then so- I'll do my NFC. So then my NFC is I got number one, 49ers. Number two, Eagles. Number three, Lions. Number four, Tampa Bay. Nothing really changed. Number five, Cowboys, number six, Rams, number seven, Seattle. Okay. I yeah. So my NFC, I got number one, 49ers. Yep. Number two, the Detroit Lions. Number three, the Dallas Cowboys. Number four, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number five, playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Philadelphia Eagles. Number six, playing the Dallas Cowboys, the Los Angeles Rams. Number seven, playing the Detroit Lions, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, those are my – that's my playoffs right now. That one looks, so we flipped – we moved a few things around in that one. There's – that one we got some some differences going on. But we will see who ultimately comes out uh, more accurately. Like it's not necessarily yeah. going to be either or. Like just more accurately. We'll see what happens. But um, that's all the time the- we – Hold on, hold on. Uh, the draft order, because this machine does the draft order too. I'll give you the top five. So the Bears would still have the number one pick from the Carolina Panthers. Arizona would be number two. New England would be number three. Washington, number four. And number five would be the New York Giants. And the Bears' second draft pick would be number nine at that point. With ah, see, for me, it's coming in at number eight. Everything else you said was the same in mine, except for the Bears are coming in at number eight in mine. Oh man! Well, because I have the yeah. Giants winning, I think is oh. what made that switch. Did but you actually anyway. pick the Giants? What? Over no. The Eagles? No, 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 no. Jets, Jets. Sorry. Oh, Jets. Other, other New York team. Other New York team. I had the Jets winning. Okay. Um, I think we made that difference. I forget. I think you said. Yeah. Right. Who did I they play? Commanders. Yeah, yeah. You pick Commanders. I picked. So that's the difference there. But that is all the time we have for you guys today. That was a uh, fun-filled episode. Super packed. Uh, everybody go out, enjoy your Christmas, have a Merry Christmas. We will see you guys after the holidays on our next recording Tuesday, question mark. Yeah. Tuesday. Um, yeah, guys, uh, go like subscribe, Instagram, TikTok. Also ho, ho, ho. And I got two words. Bear down.